Hello and welcome to Digital Nomad Girl. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for being here again on this week's episode. And this week's episode is really special because I'm going to be interviewing Stephanie Gilbert, who has just such an inspiring story. And I think a lot of us can relate. I really love Stephanie's location, freedom, and CEO journey because only three years ago, in 2015, she worked as an employee as a visual merchandiser for the Urban Outfitters in San Diego, and the store had Stephanie start to run their Instagram account and take curated photographs and create curated content. And Stephanie loved it so much, she found that she was doing it in her off time and this was a calling for her. She realized she just wanted to do this to go freelance and run Instagram pages, grow social media pages, curate and create content for others, just as she was doing for Urban Outfitters. And three years later, she's now making a six-figure income with her boutique social media agency and working remote. So just what an inspiring story, especially for a lot of listeners out there who may be having so much fun making content, creating content, posting about things that they're passionate about, posting on their Instagram, sharing their stories, their personal stories, helping to inspire others. I just, I know that so many people are already doing this and enjoy doing this. And this is something that I mean, I wasn't so much into the whole storytelling aspect. That was something that was really communicated to me as I started learning about digital marketing, how to storytell in your captions. But I know that I've always loved creating posts for Instagram, and I've always been so conscious about the look of my feed and the grid. And it's funny because years ago, I, I really would. I would post my travel photos and I would you know, if it didn't look good on the grid, I would delete it. I would put up another one and people would literally send me messages like, I see you posting and deleting your photos. What's going on here? But, you know, this was before those apps where you can lay out the grid. This was just me having fun. So I share that story because if that sounds like you and you really do have a knack and have a lot of fun with your visual aesthetics and creating content, then I think you will really love this interview. And also Stephanie Gilbert is, she's been starting a lot of programs lately with her Small Talk Social is her boutique agency, but she's also the founder of CEO Yeah, where she helps other women learn how to create their six-figure social media agencies. So I absolutely love her story because I can relate you know, Instagram is something I do for people now. It's something I do for myself and my own business. And I'm just excited to share her story and all of her valuable 
insight on her journey and also all of the valuable information and retreats and workshops and everything that's coming down the line to further help and support you, those who are interested in taking their social media skills, their visual design, and just taking their eye and love for creation and taking it to the next level and empowering you to be your own boss to live your location freedom dreams, to reach those six figures and just take control of your life and have your freedom. So thank you, Stephanie. And I'm so excited to share her journey and her story with you. So I hope you enjoy and find it inspirational as well. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Stephanie Gilbert. So Stephanie Gilbert is the CEO of Small Talk Social, a boutique social media agency for lifestyle brands and founder of CEO Yeah, um, which has been so fun just watching what you've been doing with this, uh, which are adventures for online business owners. So she has started her own freelance business since 2015. And she's now on a mission to teach other women how to use social media to earn a living and inspire them to create a life with more freedom, which I'm all about as well. So that's amazing. Um, She's also just such an amazing, inspiring person. And I'm happy that the digital world has allowed us to meet in real life. And if you love creating content and if you love social media, then this episode is definitely for you. So thank you, Stephanie, for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. It's been a while since we've like chatted. So I know we've got a lot to catch up on and I'm just excited to talk about all that's going on. I know you've been so, I've, I love everything that you post and just everything you're doing. So it's cool to finally talk now after just seeing it for the past few months, I've been gone, um, traveling as well. And you've been all over the place as well and doing your retreats. Um, so before we get into all of that and what you're doing now, I would just appreciate it if you could share with the audience where your CEO and digital marketing journey first began. Yeah, so I started, like you said, back in 2015. I'd actually, I've had a long career in um, retail, so retail management and merchandising. Um, So I used to work for Urban Outfitters, and that's sort of where I got my start with marketing, social media marketing, kind of accidentally, because as a visual creative manager in that space, um, when Instagram sort of became a thing that everybody needed to be on, they gave um, store merchandisers the responsibility or some of us in different spaces. And I was in San Diego at the time, um, the opportunity to take over the Instagram account. So I was managing in addition to my store space and all of the visual stuff that was going on and my visual team, I was going home and creating content um, for the UO San Diego account. And after months of that, I was just like, this is the fact that I was doing it kind of off, like I was clocking, I mean, as a salary employee, but I was essentially clocking out and then taking product home and shooting it, taking it to the beach in San Diego and shooting it. And I was just having so much fun. And I was like, this is more, I'm having more fun doing this than my real job. I I loved my job too. And I loved the company that I worked for, but I was like, I feel like this is something new and something that other small businesses are sort of going to need. They hadn't, you know, people hadn't really jumped on. This was like four, five years ago. Yeah, definitely. So it was like, I knew how important social media was and Instagram was sort of that new medium and that visual content. I don't know. It was just, it felt like everything I had done up until that point had all kind of like 
come to that point. And I was like, this is, this is a job and I'm going to make this my job. And I don't know, I just decided to go for it. And so I quit my job um, and moved back home, uh, kind of forced my husband to leave California and move to where he's from in Birmingham, Alabama, just because cost of living, it felt like it would be easier for me to just leave a job that had benefits and vacation time and a salary. Um, so I, we saved up a little bit of money moved back. I actually lived with our in-laws for a little while just to get things started, like set up my website from like his childhood bedroom. It was really crazy. It's sort of that, like you do what you have to do to get, to get started. Um, so I was, you know, figuring all of this, like, um, how to run an online business out just kind of, uh, as I went. And my idea was that I would move back to where I lived in Birmingham for about 10 years. And that's where my husband's actually from. So we felt pretty connected there. And I had a lot of friends who had small businesses, salons and things like that. And I knew I'd be able to sort of use them as my first test. Um, you know, I had the experience running the Urban Outfitters account, which was huge, but I'd never done it for an actual paying client. And so I felt like that would be a little safer just to um, start working with um you know, some of my, my close friends, businesses and start building a portfolio that way and just get used to how I wanted to run the business. So that's how things got started. And I was working with a few local businesses. And then I finally got um, a, uh, an inquiry about my services from just a, a random client that lived like somewhere out in Northern California. And then I realized just how like, the, like just that my world kind of opened up where like they don't just have to be local clients. They can, I have anywhere I have a Wi-Fi signal, I can like manage client accounts. And so everything just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so essentially you started, I mean, you know, you were doing visual mer merchandising. You're very, I mean, everything you post is just so beautiful and beautifully curated. So it makes sense that you had that visual design background and then they had you starting you know, starting to post for them. And then you realized how much you loved it, um, which is so great because I, I love it too. And <laughs> it's so funny because people are like, oh, you care. Like, you know, years ago, people would be like, oh, you care so much about what your feed looks like. And like, I see you deleting photos. And it's like, yeah, but that's like our job now. Yeah, yeah. that curated feed. I feel like curation has been the theme of my life. And I just now got to the point where I use the word curation so much. I'm like, all I've been doing, like all I've ever really loved to do is like curate things. And I feel like that's sort of my word that would describe, even though it feels like my entire career path has not been linear. It hasn't been this like obvious, like bop from like one job to another, like the, the single thread that kind of connects them all is the curation. And that's why Instagram is, was, social media didn't matter to me until Instagram came on the scene. And it was like this, yeah, this really fun way to like collect visual content and like put it together sort of in a mood board and you got to care about aesthetic and I get it. Everybody's like, it's just a highlight reel. You're not showing real life. But I think there's obviously like a delicate balance. You can have very real vulnerable posts if you're like a person, but you can still have a beautiful feed because um, I really enjoy it. And like, like you do, I, I, I feel like I'm always like curating and paying. I, I manage my own account, my personal account still, even though it's personal, I still plan everything out. Right. <laughs> like a book. Yep. <laughs> um, awesome. So I love how just, you know, for people who are looking to start, I know the question is like, where do they get clients from? So that was really awesome to hear that you started with your personal network first. 
And then, yeah, yeah, that's the advice I give to a lot of people who want to start is, um, or where even, even people who've already started and they feel like they've kind of tapped out, maybe they have a, you know, you can put, um, you can put a profile on Upwork or freelancer. There are tons of Facebook groups you can join and kind of network and connect with other people who might need your services. I mean, there's plenty, you know, as, as vast as the internet is, there are plenty of places that you can post, um, that that you've got um, a service you can do LinkedIn. There's all kinds of things, but sometimes I feel like, you know, new entrepreneurs get overwhelmed at like, how are clients actually finding me? And I feel like the lowest hanging fruit is friends and like friends of friends. There's like, you know, people, the family, like letting them know like what it is that you do and the kind of client that you're looking for. And I feel like just kind of putting that out there into the universe is like a great way um, to either get started or to kind of like refresh um, your client roster when things are feeling kind of stale. Like it never hurts to just ask people like if they know anyone yeah exactly i love that that is great advice um so let's talk about what you're doing now because you're doing so much and i know you're revamping with um small talk social Mm -hmm. and yeah can you just tell us about the retreats and everything yeah so the okay so i guess i can tell you how why the revamp is happening i think in the back of my mind because i started small talk social three years ago and i sort of did all of the, the, I set up the website, I did all the branding myself, like I just sort of like threw it together so I could start. um, Well, I built a team. And so I wanted it to really represent an agency more than when I first started, it was just freelance. I was a freelancer, just me. And so I rebranded quote unquote, on my own, just to make it feel like it was a boutique agency with like a full social media team. And I updated my services and I updated my prices. And that's been around for a couple of years now, exactly how it is. So in the back of my mind, I just thought, well, probably this coming year, I'm going to do some sort of just rebranding, refreshing just to make things look pretty, um, or just to look new and, and, and updated. But uh, over this past year, um, a lot has happened because I started a second business that you mentioned CEO. Yeah, so I was, um, I started hosting retreats. And this probably just came about because, you know, there's, there's a whole world of retreats out there for like wellness, and you know, there's yoga retreats, and that's sort of like, the vibe generally of a retreat. But I feel like um, in our world with social media and online business, like we are kind of disconnected. We're connected all the time. We're staring at our phones. We're staring at our computer screens. Um, And most of my friends, you know, like you included, like people that I've met online, like we don't really get a chance to like really connect in real life. And I feel like there's so much magic that can happen when people do that. Like, you know, that community, that's an aspect that we don't want to lose the the more digitally connected we become, we cannot lose that aspect. So I wanted a way to introduce that real life connection in like a small group setting while still teaching people what I would want to teach them online, which is how to build an online business, what I've learned over the last three years. Um, And so my first retreat, I just kind of threw it out there. It was like the universe sort of sent me a message like, you need to do this now. And so without much of a launch plan, without really any marketing whatsoever, I just posted an Instagram story that said, I'm thinking about doing a small group retreat in Palm Springs this summer for social media managers specifically. I really like niche down the first retreat and said, just for social media managers, because I felt like that was controllable and I could teach them something because that's what I've been doing. And it sold out in three days. Like I barely had like a landing page for it and it sold out. And so I was like, this is obviously something people are hungry for. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a beautiful, magical event. Like we had, we did that um, late June, early July of this year. And it was like, it was better than I ever could have imagined. And of course, like as I was leaving the retreat, 
I was like, how will the next one ever be as good? You know, like how will I ever top what, what just happened? Like the magic of the first one. Well, we just had another one in Joshua tree that when I opened up to all online business owners, just female business owners who there were graphic designers there, you know, people with marketing agencies, uh, photographers, wedding planners, like it was a, you know, and it's just funny because that same, it was a different kind of magic, like, but it was the same exact like idea of like getting these women together in the same place. We all kind of have that similar, we're doing, we're going against the status quo, you know, against the grain. We have these jobs that like a lot of people in our normal networks, friends and family don't really quite understand. And so everybody just felt very gotten. Um, and so I, yeah, we were able to repeat that exact same thing in like a totally different environment with a totally different group. And uh, I decided that what I wanted to do with, instead of just slapping a new, you know, logo or um, a new color palette or something on small talk social is that I feel like I've just discovered a new mission for my business. Whereas like, it's always kind of been customer or sorry, client focused that I've been, you know, dealing with like client services. And that's what my small talk social is all about is like, providing a service to clients while also teaching all online business owners how to use social media. I feel like I've kind of stepped into a new place with um, my own business and with these retreats that I want to use the online space as well to teach people and empower them how to um, grow their own online business. But I'm specifically niching down sort of like what I did in Palm Springs and teaching women how to start and grow a sustainable social media agency just from home with a Wi-Fi connection. So the new branding will, I'll have a brand new name. I'm not going to reveal it just yet, but it, yeah, first of the year, it's all going to like shift and change to a new name, um, speaking to a new audience and hopefully with lots and lots of great resources for people who want to do like I did and just discover that social media is something that you can do and earn a living doing it um, from anywhere. Like I'm sitting in a hotel room right now, uh, you know, visiting family for the holidays and I, my business is still, running exactly the same as it was when I was in LA. Definitely. That's amazing. So will you be teaching instead of retreats, it's now uh, online or through courses or? I'll still do the retreats. So I guess the, the reason why I decided to kind of just shift small talk social in general is because CEO, yeah, didn't seem to really fit with small talk social, you know, like everyone that comes to small talk social is either looking for us to manage their social media for them, their client, or they're like a business owner who is trying to learn how to DIY their social media marketing. So they're not specifically necessarily uh, social media managers, but over the last couple of years, I've realized we, you know, polled our audience and 50, 50, you know, the 50, 50 people are, either DIY business owners or they're also social media managers who are just trying to learn like how we've built, how I've built my business and how my team organizes our clients um, uh, accounts and, and keeps things going because I've been able to, in a very short time, build, you know, the quote, quote unquote, the big six figure business with an agency model with a fully remote team and people are constantly asking me how I do it. And so I figure instead of going broad, I want to niche back down. And so my specific audience is just going to be social media managers. Now with the retreats, the CEO year retreats, um, the plan is to continue to grow those into like bigger events and even smaller events and maybe more niche. Like maybe there's a CEO year retreat that's just for graphic designers or a CEO year retreat that's just for, um, you know, photographers. But and having the right kinds of workshops and people, uh, guest speakers that are there to speak specifically to them and still bring that 
that magic that the CEO Yeah retreats have. Um, but I think that my new business and CEO Yeah will work together better and make more sense than CEO Yeah and Small Talk Social currently do. So that's sort of the reason for the pivot and the rebrand. Definitely amazing. Well, I'm so excited to see that because that is also something I do as well. So mm -hmm. I'll probably be <laughs> definitely keeping an eye out for that because I would love to be able to streamline, uh, you know, having social media clients more and scale that. That's definitely a dream. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I love how you spoke about the way that you decided to create create some of, of your products and of your, you know, your brand and, and just your ideas. And it sounds like you're very intuitive with um, what you're feeling and going after something with that intuition and with your feelings. So a little bit about um, Digital Nomad Girl is that we also like to, you know, honor, honor our intuition, honor our spirituality. So can you shed any light on how you feel that has impacted your business? Yeah, actually. Um, and I think it's funny because I, I believe you just um, commented on a post I made on Instagram recently just about how it all kind of started. And it's, it, you know, it kind of depends on which which direction you skew if you think it's a crazy story, if you think it's like a, a cool, inspiring story. But yeah, I do feel like I'm pretty, I've started to, as I've developed my mindset and tried to figure out, wrangle this whole, you know, online business owner, being my own boss sort of thing. Um, and I've had, had to really rely much more on my intuition because, you know, at, at nine to five, you're clocking in, you're clocking out. Someone's kind of lead, telling you what the expectation is. But of course, when you start on your own, you're your own boss. You're the one who has to get yourself out of bed every morning and decide what you're doing. So of course, you can listen to everyone else telling you what it is that you should be doing, or you could, you know, get get more aligned with what it is that you feel like you should be doing. And I've always just felt like, well, I've gone both ways. I followed what other people have told me to do. I've read all the, you know, the blogs and I've downloaded a million free downloads and I've done all the webinars and I've uh, sort of copied people's templates onto how you sell things or how you make offers or how you find clients. And even when those things feel like they're rubbing against my own, like kind of core values, like when I would, I would try to copy those because of course they're proven that they're supposed to work. It would never work out. And so I feel like the most success I've ever seen with anything that I've put out has been when I've, I can't quite describe it. It's just really been almost like a channeling of an idea and then, and, and not ignoring it. Like it just kind of hits me. So that first idea for that Palm Springs retreat, um, I had put the idea of retreats out probably a year before that I'd spoken to multiple people about how it was something I would love to do, but I hadn't quite figured out exactly how to, what would I teach at a retreat was sort of my question. I didn't feel like I had enough experience or anything. I, I knew I didn't want to teach somebody how to use Instagram at a retreat. I didn't feel like that was really like what I wanted to make a retreat about, like come out here to the desert and let's all learn how to use Instagram. That didn't feel right to me, but I just couldn't figure out like what I had to offer. And so I just sat with that idea for a while. And then in February, for whatever reason, I just got this sort of electric like charge. I remember just kind of feeling it all over my body. And I was like, it's time to plan this retreat. And I kind of sorted out like a course idea. Um, and I realized that that course idea was something I wanted to present like in real life. And I thought that the retreat would be a great way to start 
working on sharing this information that I have. And the fact that it sold so fast, again, I felt like that was, that's sort of the, the magic of following your intuition is like, this is something that you should be doing. And so if you kind of take those, um, those hints that you're being given by the universe and you follow those, like you don't have to figure out all the how you just have to start, you know, taking one, one step after another. And, um, the same, it's the same way I started my business. My business, like I said, I was working with, I, I had a great job. You know, we had benefits, I had vacation time. Um, but there was something in me that was like, I want more with my, I want to have the freedom. I want to be able to like, you know, call the shots. I want to be able to wake up when I want, go to bed when I want, work when I want, because I had, a, I had a crazy schedule um, with that previous job. I had to be at work every morning at five, five or 6 AM because you have to do all the visual stuff before the store opens. And that's great because you're off work by 3 PM, but you're dead because you've woken up at like four o'clock in the morning. So I didn't have much of a social life and I knew I was missing out on a lot of um, time with friends and just all the fun stuff that I, I didn't want to miss out on anymore. I was missing holidays going home because of my crazy schedule in retail. You can't go home for Thanksgiving or for Christmas because you work the day after. It's just like madness. And I missed two Thanksgivings and two Christmases with my family. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, but again, I couldn't figure out how that was going to work. Like, how do I leave this job that I've had forever? And what else do I have to offer? And so, I just sort of listened to those signs and I got some fun synchronistic um, little signs and symbols from the universe and, and all of that, that's all I needed to really just say, you know what, screw it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go after this. And I'm going to do it. And so it's, it's, it's worked out really well. Um, Would you mind telling that story, the rosebud story? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's so silly. So I was, like I said, I was working at Urban Outfitters and this was, it's, it's around, it was around this time, I guess a little bit later, like around Christmas time. And it was going to be the second year that I wasn't going to be able to go home for the holidays. And my family is super important to me. And, you know, get like the biggest guilt trip for my parents, like for not being able to, you know, fly in, but it just, there was no logistic way to do it because I had to be at work like the day after. I mean, you know, the floor sets and all the product and, you know, you're, it's, it's the holidays and you're working in a, a crazy busy store. So, um, I think I was like moping around the store that like one morning because I was bummed that I wasn't going to get to go home again. And I like walk up the stairs and I hear a woman talking to her daughter about a product that was like a rosebud light. And she was like screaming it across the store, like it's rosebuds. And when she said rosebud, I uh, also heard at the same time, the song that was playing um, overhead was a Stevie Wonder song. And he's like, and the rosebuds. And it's, it's just, he sang rosebud at the same time that she said rosebud. And I've always felt like I've kind of tuned into that. Like when I know that's a synchronicity that I feel like I always am paying attention to. Like when weird word, like you read a word and you hear it somewhere else at the same time. Definitely. And I'm always like curious and interested in like those sorts of coincidences. So for whatever reason I was paying attention and, um, and it kind of sat with me all day. And when I got home, I was telling my husband about it and he's sort of, he's sort of eye rolly about that kind of thing. Like he's like, you know, cool, whatever. Like when I'm talking about Mercury or retrograde or anything, he's just like enough, like, you know, he doesn't want to hear about like astrology or whatever, but I wouldn't like shut up about it. And I started Googling and um, I was just looking for like, not necessarily like the, like the significance, I guess, of like a rosebud or like what maybe that could mean. And when I Googled it, I actually got the first result was about the movie Citizen Kane, mm -hmm. which is 
a movie that I kind of paid attention to in a cinema appreciation class in college. And I remember that being like the significant part of that movie was that on, you know, his deathbed, he utters his last word, final uh, word is Rosebud. And people have different ideas about what it means. But what was really significant for me is that like, when I looked into it and started thinking about the movie again, like I look at it as like one of his final, it was like his, this guy had, like the, the the main character in the movie had uh, a life that he had built up and he was like really well known. It was all about business and money and, you know, he was very successful, but like that, that memory of his childhood sled was sort of like the last happy, like, you know, no, you don't have this responsibility. And it, for me, it meant, it meant family. Like he was home with like family. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, that, that sort of was interesting to me that he, like his sled was called Rosebud and that was his last, word and then of course I was feeling all of these like homesick feelings like I wanted to go home and see my family and then then I kind of put it to rest I was like okay cool whatever what are we going to do about this and then go to sleep wake up the next day it's like a Saturday we go and get the oil changed in the car go to a vintage shop while we're waiting for the car to be serviced and I start digging through these buttons and I'm pulling out all these different like cute buttons and pins and I pick one up and it's just says citizen cane and it has these road rosebuds on it which is so ridiculous like why is there a button that says citizen cane I guess for like fans of the fans of the movie but um I just I like (laughs) almost cried in the store because I didn't you know I'm just like what are you what are you trying to tell me Uh and um that was sort of the moment that I was like okay I'm gonna go home like I'm just gonna do it I'm gonna go home and I didn't know what it what it was going to mean or how it was going to turn out. But I just knew that like something was something else was at play and at work and was, was pulling me to do something different. And so that's when I told my husband, I think, I think it's time. We're just going to, I'm just going to call this. And I put my notice into work um, pretty soon after that. And we started making the plan to leave. Yeah. Wow. So that was kind of a catalyst, just taking those, those signs and really recognizing you definitely had, it perked your ears. I mean, you went home and talked about it. You went home and researched about it. And then again, one third reminder just to kind of bring it home the next day. Yeah, to like push me over the edge. And, you know, I think what it comes down to too is like we're looking, we want those answers. And I think intuitively we already know the answer. But for me, it's like an outward sign that validates what I already know inside. And it's something that I, I don't have to, I don't have to totally rely on myself it's like something out there is like validating the feelings that I'm already fully aware of it's just oh okay okay yeah all right like this is something that I'm going to follow and now I can see it this tangible object is like yes hell yes you need to go home and start this business so um and that's yeah and I think um the the bookend to that story that long ridiculous story is that um as we so you know I've I started my business. We lived in Birmingham for a couple of years. And I, like I mentioned before, I started freelancing, but then I started taking on so many clients that I couldn't handle it all myself. So I started building a team. And this is where you get to that sustainable, scalable model of, you know, you, you can't get sick if you're a freelancer. You can't take time off if you're a freelancer. Like you can't, money stops coming in when you stop working. And so I wanted to try to find a way to continue to work with clients in the capacity that I was working with them, but like sort of step back and um, oversee versus like doing all the work myself so that if I did get sick, so that if I did want to go on vacation so that I could do these other projects. Um, so over the course of like 2017, I started scaling my business 
um, and got it to that place as I brought on a team and started working with interns and we started working with higher paying clients and everything really took off, which was awesome um, to the point where we were able to move back to California. So my husband works from California. So it would, it made sense for us to be able to go because now I had this job that I could work from anywhere. I wasn't stuck, you know, in, in any one location. And so as we were packing up to leave, I got a final subscription box from something that was like getting sent to me every month. And inside of that subscription box, um, that last week that we were in our house was like a, a two enamel pins that were rosebuds. And I just felt, I just kind of laughed because I was like, of course there were like, of course, like we kind of bookended this like beginning and like next pivotal, like kind of transition back. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, awesome. I just, yeah. Whenever I see like the word rosebud now or like see, you know, roses, I just kind of smile because to me, it's just a reminder of like following those signs. So I feel like if you ask the universe for a sign, um, be open to it delivering, you know? Definitely. That's beautiful. And I, and I love that. Yeah. You were so aware and, and driven with those because I feel like a lot of being a woman and being an entrepreneur and starting businesses and even branding has so much to do um, with self-awareness and following your intuition. So it's awesome to hear that a lot of your journey um, literally was a lot just getting those pings, which is really special. And I love it when people tell those stories because it just kind of um, shows, shows the magic in, in our ability to, to just be aware and to go after, to go after those feelings and and dreams. So that's amazing. Yeah. I think one of the problems with, like entrepreneurship online is that we look to other people as like the model. And I mean, that's great, right? We want to be able to see like what's possible, but people get stuck in. And I think this just comes from our conditioning through like schooling and then like in normal jobs where like there's a, there is a specific, there's a policy and a procedure, like there's a way that we do things. And so we just want to rely on that way of doing things. And we stop listening. We don't listen to ourselves because we don't think that we know we need something outside of us to tell us what, to do. Um, and so the unlearning happens when, and that's the hardest part. And that's a lot of the mindset work that comes in that people don't tell you about when you start your own business is that like, you have to unlearn that someone's going to tell you what to do. You have to unlearn that there's a way, a specific way to do it because there isn't a specific way. And the beautiful thing about being an online entrepreneur, especially these days with like, I mean, you can niche down, you can like go broad, you can do literally like the most ridiculous thing like (laughs) that you want to do. You know what I mean? Like it it might sound crazy, like it might sound crazy to other people, but like if it's, you can literally follow your bliss and like do something very specific um, and build an entire business off of it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like all these rules and all these like policies and procedures that we think we have to follow and it just goes right out the window and it's terrifying, but it's also like completely freeing and liberating. Like if you just trust yourself enough to like go after it. And that's, what's cool about me being able to rebrand. It's like, it's my business. So I've done this for three years and now I'm ready to change it. And I've learned a lot. It's all data. It's all the research I've done over the last three years. Now I know who I'm talking to and I'm going to get real specific and I'm going to give them what I think they need. And I'm eventually that might change again, but like, that's totally fine too, because I, I make the rules. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. And, it, and it's almost that ability is, is key because no one way is going to work for everyone. There's no guideline to, you know, being your best self. It's literally just 
asking yourself and following your passions, desires, intuition, skill set to make something that is really uh, unique to you and that will translate with others and hopefully align with others as well in a very unique and genuine way. Yeah, totally. I think it's very law of attraction, right? Like if we put our, if we put our real, like our real best self out there, like we don't have to be worried that people are going, that the right people are going to find us. Like we're so worried about the right people finding us that we do the right things so that the right people find us. But like, if we just reversed it and said, <laughs> I'm just going to be who I am and do this business the way that I would do this business because it's mine, the right people will find you. And it's that knowing and trusting that like the right clients, the right audience, the right, you know, the right ideas are going to come if we can get aligned with who we are. So it's when you think about it that way, it's like, this is the coolest, we have the coolest jobs ever. Definitely. So beautiful. Awesome. So I'm so curious about your treats because I've been wanting to go on one, but I haven't even been around to be. Um, but what, what do they look like? What can someone, you know, expect? What is a typical, typical day look like? I know you have some talks about things and I even, I love that when uh, the Joshua tree one, you had a sound bath and I would just love to hear more about these. Yeah. So the idea is that, um, and like I, I mentioned uh, previously, it, you know, getting together with a group of women for a few days, completely outside of like away from your computer, away from your normal routine. Um, it's a little bit of self-care. We want adventure. So depending on the location, we try to do specific activities that you can only do there. So of course, when we were in uh, Joshua Tree, we went to the Integratron for the sound bath. And I, I like to mix that. I don't want it to just be a business retreat, right? It's not a conference. We don't put name badges on and like walk around with our pins and our like notepads. And it's not like a networking event per se. It's more like a slumber party um, where, you know, makeup is makeup comes off and like top knots go up and like everybody's in their pajamas and um, talking. Of course, everybody talks about business because like what else are we talking about? It's like the entrepreneur, like we can't shut up about it. But the great thing about it is that like everybody else gets it and they're all like sharing and everybody's very open. So um, yeah, the the idea is to go to a specific location. And of course, there's like um, some, uh, there's workshops. So I lead three workshops, actually four. Um, one, is all, one is all about, excuse me, the CEO mindset. I always start out with mindset just because I think running a business is 90% mental and I want to teach people how to sort of, um, like I said, retrain what they've learned in prior jobs or like through their education and like trying to figure out how to get there mentally first because that's going to take you so much further than trying to just like copycat whatever everybody else is doing. Um, and then I lead a workshop on building systems. It's called Systems of Flow. So I feel like you can't bring... Uh, the the idea is to get you to the point where you're scaling your business, whatever your business is online. It's that you're eventually becoming the CEO of it where you're not being an employee. So the first step is to build really great systems. You can't bring anybody into chaos. You can't, you know, bring a team member in, you can't bring clients in if you're manually doing everything out of your own brain. Like, like it's the first time every time you have to systematize, you have to automate, like there's got to be something that you can pass off to someone. So we talk a lot about systems. That's so right. Yeah, I, I love that one. I'm a huge nerd about like organization and systems. Like I kind of walk the line between like right and left brain and I'm very, very like a type A um, personality. So I love like checklists and, you know, like daily tasks and those kinds of things. It's like the only way I can like function. So we dig into that and then we do a um, team 
team workshop that's just all about building your dream team and just talk, you know, trying to figure out like how to hire and who to hire and how you figure out what their job roles are and where you fill in your gaps um, on your team. Um, there's another workshop that I teach about client karma and just like how to figure out who your ideal client is, how to attract that ideal client, how to put up boundaries and make sure that your clients aren't taking over your entire life. There's just a lot of like, you know, very relatable lessons in that workshop. And then um, I also teach a, is that it? I'm trying to think. Is that, <laughs> actually, that might be, that might be all of the workshops. And then I sometimes bring in like in the Joshua tree when I had two other guest speakers come in. And so I'm going to, as I develop these workshops and or retreats in the future, I want to be able to bring in other people. So this past retreat, we had Jenny from Financials for Creatives um, and did a really fun workshop all about your finances. That was really beautiful. How to connect the mind, body, and soul to your finances. And then um, my friend Alexis, who just wrote a book called Find Your Fuck Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that on this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if we can say that on this one. <laughs> Find your, yeah. And um, she uh, she taught everybody. She's just all the the, the untangling the like um, BS, I guess, around like um, finding your happiness and following your bliss. So everything kind of relates to the business side of things, but also that retreat sort of like high vibe, wellness, self care, um, going and doing things that kind of take care of both you and your business. I love that. What a perfect, just like amal amalgamation. <laughs> what a perfect yeah, combination. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to Hawaii. We're going to Hawaii in January. Yeah. So that'll be like something totally different, obviously, because we'll be in Oahu and we're going to do some floral crowns and, you know, oh. go to the local, local farmers markets and. Oh my um, gosh. I'm going to be yeah. dying when I see those photos. You take the best, the best photos and videos of, all your retreats. So I know Well, that's my content creator, Ashley Kicklighter. So she works with us. Um, she's one of my aunt. Uh, she's on the small talk social team and helps us with our client um, content. And so I just trust her to get, she understands me and my vision. And so it's so nice to like be able to go and lead a retreat and really spend time with everyone and not have to worry about it being documented. So yeah. she's there behind, you know, she's just kind of sneaking around snapping photos and getting video. And so at the end of it, we get to relive the whole, magical experience like through her photos and videos so it's it's hugely important for me to have someone of course like creating content the entire time that we're there oh of course and like you said you know you, you you it sounds like you really trust her she's like your right hand woman with being able to see your vision and create the content so how awesome that she can go with you to those retreats as well totally yeah amazing well there's three spots left in hawaii if you want to come i'm, I'm saving a spot for you <laughs> <laughs> ah, January. All right, the wheels are turning. I'm just putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really amazing. So where can uh, people go if they want to learn more or sign up for that? Yeah, so um, the website for CEO Yeah is actually yeah, Y-E-A-H dot CEO. Amazing. Yeah. Great. Um, okay, well, I have a few rapid fire questions but before that is there anything else you wanted to add and also just all the places where people can reach you um yeah i mean if they want to follow me personally it is at steph j gilbert s-t-e-p-h-j gilbert and then um, my business account is at small talk social 
Um, and that's it until we, and that, they can follow along and see when we relaunch, like what the new name of the business is going to be. And if you're a social media manager or you want to learn how to earn a living, if you're social media savvy and just want to figure out like, well, how do I turn this thing into like an actual career? That's going to be the spot to stay tuned to because that's all I'm going to be sharing. And then of course, um, at CEO, yeah, on Instagram or the yeah.ceo if you're looking for looking into attending a retreat. And so um, yeah, Hawaii is in January and that's the, the last one we have on the books for now. So until my rebrand is done with the other business, I'm not going to be planning any future retreats, but it's all going to roll out again. As soon as we're done with the rebrand, I'll start planning new ones. Okay. So retreats will be, it'll be, uh, Hawaii in January and then later in the year, perhaps fall or. Yeah, I think so. I just need to get the you know, I need to p- press pause. I mean, like hosting retreat, it's been Palm Springs and then Joshua Tree and then Hawaii. And it's like, as fun as it is, I just need to like take a break for a second because we're going through this whole new rebrand. And that's sort of part of entrepreneurship too, is like remembering that like you have to breathe and you don't have to be like putting something new out all of the time. So I'm hoping that, you know, people will be excited and willing, you know, to wait for the next retreat and maybe, you know, be, be tuning in for what the, what the next one is going to be. And I don't even know what it is. I have like a huge list of locations that I want to go and I've had people request us to be in specific locations, but I'm just going to let that intuitively come to me before I, before I uh, play in the next one. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll figure it out fine. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. So a few, rapid fire questions. Um, what is your favorite book? Oh, good one. Well, um, most recent favorite book, um, is probably you're a badass at making money. Um, it took me a long time to read that book, but when I did, I was like, yes, like, why did it take me so long to read this? So that's a good one for sure. Cool. Um, what color would you feel like right now? Oh, that is a good, I feel I sort of always feel very iridescent. Like, <laughs> you are iridescent. <laughs> you got, I feel like, yeah, it's sort of always like the holographic, like iridescent. I don't want to have to choose one color, but it's always in that like kind of pastel rainbow vibe. I totally can see that from your, <laughs> all your, my, your, my Instagram. And everything as well. Yeah. All the colors. Um, how about a favorite podcast you're listening to? Oh, I have to say yours, right? Um, <laughs> my favorite new podcast. Um, actually, one of my very favorite, one that I like never miss an episode is actually That's So Retrograde. I'm not sure. Oh, if okay. You, but that one, that's, a, that, that's definitely one that like I don't miss a week. Like I'll always find time to like sit in the bathtub and, and listen. So I feel like that's, a, that's my fave. Nice. Yeah, I keep on hearing about that and I have to check. Oh, you definitely need to. Yeah, you definitely need to listen. You'd love it. Cool. Um, favorite country? I've not, okay, I know I'm like too old. I've only been to like Tulum. I've only been to Mexico. I've never been like out of the country. So, but I do think that I would really love like, um, like Scandinavia, like going, like going out to like somewhere like, um, like Sweden or something or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, or Japan, but yeah, I don't have any, I don't have like a, my favorite country is the United States <laughs> outside of it, but I'm changing that next year for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe you can have some, um, some Swedish retreats or something. <laughs> yeah. You've inspired me because I mean, obviously like when I met you, you're just like 
you are, you know, you obviously embody the digital nomad lifestyle. It's like, I have the freedom to do that now, but I just haven't. My husband is a touring musician. So like he's going to Europe and he, he goes all over the place. And so now I finally, like we've been married for five years, but I haven't had the freedom in my business to be able to like tour with him until now. So Uh, hoping I'll have, I'll have some better answers about favorite countries like by this time next year. Oh, awesome. Are you going with him to Europe on his uh, tour? Not this time because it's the holidays and my parents would, of course, that's like the whole reason why, right? I need to be home for the holidays and he'll be gone. Um, but uh, by this summer, I plan to, to try to do work and try, I'll, I'll report back on how it works with like touring with a heavy metal band while trying to run my <laughs> online business. We'll see that, that, that can be like a whole new a whole new niche of my business or <laughs> trying to, to teach people who, yeah, teach touring um, band wives, like how to run their own social media business, really niching down. Yeah, that's great. Actually, Trevor Hall, um, Trevor Hall's wife, I don't know if you follow her, but she, um, she's a photographer and she um, like tours with him. And it's just, it's interesting. Cause I'm starting to realize like a lot of entrepreneurial women like tour with their, musician husbands it's so funny that's awesome though so if you could offer one piece of advice to anyone who wants to start being their own ceo and work in this digital world what would it be oh that's a good one i i mean i guess if we to go back to what we've been talking about it is to trust your intuition, right? Like to realize that to be, to be a CEO, like I've said, it's 90% running any business is 90% mental. So I think um, like being able to give yourself that time to really think about and visualize what it is that you're wanting or why it is that you're doing it. Because I think we dive in and start exploring all the things that we have to do for our business, we can get really bogged down and forget why we were doing it in the first place. And for me, and I know for a lot of people who are building their own businesses, especially from a digital nomad perspective, it's like you want the freedom, you want to be able to, you know, kind of build your own schedule. But unfortunately, a lot of people start building a business and they make it a trap. So, Mm. you know, they start locking themselves into like the must do's, the have to's, um, those kinds of things. And so I think, Um, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't make sense for your core values, just listen to yourself and take that time. Like don't roll out of bed and start working, like spend some time in the morning, really thinking about why you want to do it. Journal, um, visualize what it is that you're wanting at the, you know, at, or what, what these like kind of milestones will be and then celebrate those successes as you reach them, because there is no end to the entrepreneurial journey. It literally is the, the journey is the destination as like cheesy as that sounds. But I learned that very quickly after hitting us, like hitting a goal and thinking I'd feel different at the end of it. Like you just, you don't feel different. You just have, you set a new goal. And so you will, you can't keep chasing that sort of thing. So I think it's all goes back to mindset and like, uh, feeling your way through it and understanding that this is like kind of a, a long game that we're all playing. I don't know that that's one piece of advice that's a rambling on of a million things, but (laughs) no, but I love it. (laughs) Okay. It's perfect. That makes so much sense. Cause, um, actually that brings one last question. So how, how do you get in touch with your intuition or is you mentioned journaling? How do you kind of, you know, play the, that role of tapping in and, and mindset? 
Yeah, I think I'm definitely more productive in the morning. Like I wake up immediately with like a long list of things I want to do. And so it's very um, important to me to not jump on my phone or to start answering emails, but to spend, you know, maybe 30 minutes just journaling. I use my five minute journal just because it feels very like, um, it's very quick. It feels like for the type A in me, like I can just fill out, I can do my gratitude. I can like kind of set an affirmation or an intention for the day. Um, and then sometimes I'll pull a card. Uh, and I think it's more important to do that when you feel really good versus when you're feeling really bad. Like if you can see that, like that, that routine of like things, everything feels good, but don't jump out of bed and still just jump into work. Like go, go through it. Like, um, journal through it, like write those things down. Um, because I feel like some people just go to the routine or start pulling cards or doing those, those kinds of things when they like feel stuck. But I think it's good to just do it all at the time. Cause you'll, you, I go back to some of my journals that I wrote. I mean, I've been keeping them for three years since I started um, my own business and it's been to confirm like what I wrote and what I wanted. I got like those things have like up in my life. And so to be able to just go back through and read those things when I was feeling really good, thinking about all the things I wanted in my business to, to say that I've like done things is it affirms to me that like this works. And so then I just write crazier, bigger things like in my journal now. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to make a million dollars. Like, because before it felt so hard to say I was going to make a hundred thousand dollars in my business. I mean, I was like, barely making like $30,000 in my business. So to say I wanted a hundred sounded nuts, but now I'm like, well, okay, we've reached that point. I don't feel much different. So I feel like it's really just what's the next goal or like what's the next milestone that I can set. So I've been, I've been setting some crazy, (laughs) crazy goals. Nice. Good. Good. Yeah. I I do love that too. I, I, I will definitely like when I I have a goal or there's something I want to do, I'll definitely like write it down and I, I don't even call it journaling, but I guess I do have it in a journal. But it's funny when you go back and you're like, wow, I did everything that I wrote down. It really is affirming because you realize how nice it is to just get it down, put it out there, send it out to the universe and then work on it and then watch it go. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people get hung up on when they're writing those things down, they start to think about how do we get, you know, like I want to do this, but I don't know how I'll do it. So like, that's probably never going to happen. And I think it's just think of the biggest, wildest, craziest thing that you want and write that down and don't worry so much about the how, just write it all down, like get it all out. There's a reason why Yes, it's being something that's coming, coming uh, up for you. And, um, and then just kind of take action, like do the, take a step, do something. And eventually it does happen. And like in the wildest, craziest ways, like the ways we would never necessarily like have figured out ourselves if we were the ones to have to figure out how. So I kind of love just playing and like throwing those ideas out there and then hoping that I'll look back in, you know, six months or a year and be like, holy shit, that happened. Like it totally happened. And I don't, I, at the time when I wrote it down, I had no clue how it would like show up in my life. Exactly. 1000%. Yeah. Cause it's just, when you have a goal, just things sometimes will just begin to happen. You put a little bit of action towards it and we can't consciously fathom all the different ways that this one goal might happen. So I love that you said that. So funny enough, you said pulling a card and I actually pulled a card before <gasps> your conversation and it was seven chakra um intuition so i thought i would bring that up for our conversation is that like a pegasus on this card what is the card 
I, it's an angel or an angel. Okay. Ariel? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I love it. Well, she's sort of like holographic um, iridescent oh, too. So. She is your iridescent. Look at that. That's basically, mm -hmm. yeah, that was our conversation. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story and inspiration and all just the value, the valuable content and the valuable inspiration that you're creating for others. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun. Of course. Wow. What a great interview with Stephanie. I had so much fun speaking with her about this. To me, she's just such an inspiration and someone to look up to who has paved her own way and is now paving the way for others. Uh, for those, for those women who are interested in being their own boss, who have a skill set or a knack or an interest for curation, visual design, social media, Instagram, and if that sounds like you and if you're inspired by this interview and you want to learn more, I urge you to really reach out and you know contact her go on her website she really does offer so much valuable information and inspiration that i mean i've been following her for years and it was amazing that we've been to connect in real life because i just absolutely love her story so Hopefully you like that too. And if you are enjoying these episodes, please subscribe or leave a review. And I just, I'm having so much fun making these and interviewing such fascinating fempreneurs, entrepreneurs, business-minded women who are just crushing it. So thank you, Stephanie. And thank you for listening. And I will catch you all in the next episode.